The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hey guys, Jim here with Out of the Shadows Podcast, coming at you with this week's sponsor. Have a package you're looking to ship but don't want to send USPS because you actually want it to arrive sometime in the next three months? Don't want to pay FedEx or UPS rates? Well, next time, take a look at Orlock Shipping International, the premier world shipping company. They've got planes, they've got ships, they've got trucks, all to make sure that your package arrives on time. They've even got driverless, horse-drawn wagons to reach the most remote of areas. They'll take your package from the quaint countryside of Romania all the way to the bustling streets of London for no more than what the leading shipping companies are going to charge you. Again, that's Orlock Shipping International. And right now they've got a deal going on where if you tell them that we sent you, use promo code SHADOWS213. They're going to enter you for a four-night stay for two at a historic Transylvanian estate. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. What's up, everybody? We're back. Back again. With another silent film. Yes. Our third. One more to go. And they're coming off pretty good, man. They're coming off pretty good. I'm thoroughly pretty... Obviously, I mean, we're picking some pretty pretty high titles here, but I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with what we've viewed so far. Let's be honest, dude. I had no say in these ones. You picked these. Um, And so far, so good, you know. Um, You know, the opening was the banger for me, man. I have to say Caligari was the banger. That was that for me, it kicked off and it was like, okay, this is going to be a good time. (laughs) I enjoyed Nosferatu last week. I said I did. It just didn't meet my expectations. I had expectations for that one. Yeah. See, now I'm interested to hear what you think about this one, because like you said, you've never heard of this one before. And I brought this one to you. Right. Um. Yes, so this one's this one's going to be fun to get into. Um, before we do, I was going to just say I wanted to start opening our show, uh, maybe talking about anything going on in horror, horror movie news, anything like that. Have you heard anything or okay. seen any horror movies recently? Anything good? Yes, I saw this movie called Honeydew um, with uh, Steven Spielberg's son. I I know I just looked it up like five minutes ago and I still can't remember. His, how, I think it's Sawyer Spielberg. He? He's, I think he's our age, well, not our age, my age. I think he's my age. I think he was born in 92. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sawyer Spielberg. It's called 92. Honeydew. He was born, a dude's only a couple days younger than I am, actually. Like 15 days younger than I am. Nice. So this is a this is a newer film. Yeah, yeah. It literally just came out this year. Okay. Um, what's, the, it, what's the gimmick? What's the story? Um. So basically it's about this guy and his girlfriend who are, I don't know, I can't remember where they're traveling or why they're traveling, but he's basically an actor, like up, like trying, you know, bottom level actor. And then she's uh, in school working on um, whatever she's working on for school. And they're on this trip and then their car uh, gets stuck and they end up having to stay at this house. Um, so it's very, it's, it's already being set up with a, with a classic type of horror 
plot. Okay. Um, it's very, uh, I, I was getting, you know, reminiscent of just Texas Chainsaw vibes just because of that type of aspect of film. It's not, don't go into the film expecting anything like Texas Chainsaw, but it's that creepy, like I'm at some sort of stranger's house. I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? That yeah. type of thing. Um, but no, dude, it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Awesome. Recommend recommending it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, what's the, what, what's what you see it on? I rented it on prime. Okay. It it's on, on prime. Yeah. Yeah. It was like five bucks to rent. Cause it's a, like I said, it's a relatively new movie. So, um, nice. What else? It was something else. Um, I don't know, man. They got the new Texas chainsaw remake coming out. Well, remake sequel coming out. Um, yeah, they're man, doing the same. They're doing too. the they're doing the whole thing that everybody else is doing, right? Like pretend two never happened, and then this one just comes up right after it. And like I said, that's weird because they literally just did that like three or four years ago. Uh, they they came out with a Texas Chainsaw, and it was in three D, and it was supposedly supposed to be the direct sequel to the the original. So now they're doing it again, so close, and it's like, oh, okay, guys, come on now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you something. Were you a fan of the movie uh, District 9? Did you see that movie? I did see that movie, and I got to be honest with you, I wasn't a fan. Really? I don't okay. know why. I think I've not maybe I need it. to revisit it. Okay. I need to revisit it. I was not a fan of the film when I first saw it. So the uh, the filmmaker, Neil Blomkamp, okay. is uh, working on a new horror film, and he says it takes inspiration from paranormal activity. This comes from gamesradar.com, uh, written by Emily Garbutt. So Neil Blomkamp has revealed that his new horror movie, Demonic, takes inspiration from paranormal activity and some terrifying stills have been released, giving us our first glimpse at the upcoming flick. Demonic, which Blomkamp has described as a crossover between sci-fi and horror, follows a young woman who's been estranged from her mother. When supernatural forces at the root of a decades-old rift between the mother and daughter are revealed, terrifying demons uh, terrifying demons are unleashed. Should be interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I dude, I don't know paranormal films. I love. I don't. I, I always will. Demon films. You know, p possession films, anything that deals with the occult, I'm always in. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just there's such a draw to for me. I love it. Like Hereditary? Oh, dude. <laughs> dude. Oh, Midsummer. Which, two. bringing it back around, Sweden. Um, oh, yeah. look at that. Look at that transition. Transition. Yeah. But no, I hear you. I like, I, I, the first paranormal activity was good. After that, they kind of just got eh, old real quick. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the people who love There's people who love that it's created because it, it became kind of like let's create our own world and universe within this kind this this title now, you know, and it, yeah. it's it, and uh you know, when horror movies do that, I guess it's it's whatever. You can't knock it too much at least on my from my perspective in terms of because you know, for me when you put out a really good horror movie that kind of changes things or, or resets a, a specific genre, like found footage. Um, I feel like the specialness behind it was the fact it's that lost. it was its own thing. But when you start yeah. doing the re you know, those things, it does get lost. It becomes kind of this it caricature of itself. Yeah, but, yeah, no, it does. But it's hard for me to 
find fault in that because I'm a huge fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, no matter how wacky it got. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Jason series, even though he went to space. Like, so, but that, so it's kind of like it's a double edged thing where I like, I love that because there's a nostalgia that's tied to it, but I just, there's something that I loved about that. But then when I look at the new stuff that comes out and when it's cutting edge and something that changes the genre, and then they start to do that, I, I'm very critical of it, right? And so I have yeah. to kind of sit back and be like, well, you know, there's going to be kids who are like 12, 13 watching this right now. And this is what, you know, 20 years, 10 years, 20 years from now, they're going to look back on with nostalgia. Like I loved it. That whole oh, yeah. paranormal activity. Oh, I love the whole myth behind it. And the and meanwhile, we're like, ah, let me tell you about a guy named Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I hear you, man. But uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how he does it and what he does because He's got that tendency with his films to focus on, like, District 9, as far as I'm aware of, had dealt heavily with, like, apartheid in South Africa. Um, and even Chappie was, like, uh, was that way, too. So it'll be interesting to see if he keeps that type of theme in his films. Chappie? Was Chappie, like, the adult version of Wally? Yes. Yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I saw that movie coming out, I was like, wait, isn't this, like, Wally, but for adults, like what's going yeah. on here? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that. Um, yeah, I didn't. But uh, yeah, he's he's very much into social commentary. So it'll be interesting. Now, I mean, he's going to be dealing with demons here, right? Paranormal stuff, yeah. demons. So is it going to be a commentary on the Catholic Church? Uh, That'll be interesting. I don't know. That, yeah. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see what he does and how he does it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's probably a lot of other stuff coming in terms of movies. Spirals coming out soon, which is I don't know how I feel about that. Um, That's a a, a, a spinoff of Jigsaw, spinoff of. It's like a soft reboot Saw? of Saw. Oh, really? As far as I'm aware of, yeah. Like in the same universe and timeline, or like pretend yeah, all the other stuff didn't happen. I no, I think the other stuff happened. As far I don't know, I'm gonna have to watch the film to see. Like I said, I'm trying not to ruin shit for myself when I before yeah. I see movies. This one um, with Chris Rock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I know Chris Rock and I think who's the other one? I think Samuel Jackson's in it too. What are you what are your thoughts on that, dude? What are your thoughts on comedians, right? Uh people, actors and things who are most well known as comedy and straight comedy comedians taking on these dramatic roles or these horror roles. Well, when I was going and doing acting classes, uh, you know, one of the things I learned was is if if you can do comedy, you can do drama. No problem. And that seemed to be always the way it was. I was always intimidated by comedy, so I never kind of went that route. Um, really? Why is that? I don't know, dude. I think you got to really have a, a precise, um, I don't want to say appreciation, but a precise um, practice in how you do it to be able to l deliver and make those comedic timings hit. Gotcha. Because it either works and you're good at it, or it doesn't work and you suck at it. And I feel like yeah. I'm in the later. Uh, so I just never even tried to go there. Um, but I don't mind it, dude. I, I don't mind it because look at how many comedic actors. And when I say comedic actors, I, I'm talking some of these people were like just making some of the roles that these people had were just dumb, stupid, funny roles like yeah. uh, Jim Carrey. Um, then he does uh, Truman Show, right? And you're like, whoa, this dude can actually throw some yeah. drama down. Adam Sandler, Sandler, um, and 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 Robin so they're Williams. great comedians, yes. But then they have these great, amazing dramatic roles. Yeah, and um, 
I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's why I'm, I'm kind of confident and I'm, I'm expecting a little bit better out of it because Chris rocks involved. Nice. Um, so yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's some fun stuff on the horizon. Uh, I think we should do that. I think more often we'll, we'll start opening show, which is kind of horror news. What's coming, what's happening in the world of horror. Okay. Yeah. As I see things, I'll start what making we're watching them though. Cause I do see things. Yeah. Same. But oh yeah. We, we constantly forget. are texting each other like, Oh, Hey, yeah. look at this. Look at this coming. <laughs> Um, oh, the, uh, uh, what was the one I just sent you the other day with Zach Efron? Oh, the remake. Is a remake? Yeah, it's a remake of something. What the hell was that? Uh, man, you slipped my Oh, mind. Firestarter remake. Ah. They're filming it in Ontario. Firestarter. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Like I said, he was good. I, I think it was the Dahmer movie he was in. He was really good in that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I like I like him more as an actor now, uh, now that he's older uh, than and, and not just like a, when he, he was a, a Disney kid, right? Well, he was. I don't know if he was exactly a. I, I don't know if I consider him a Disney kid. He was on High School Musical. I don't know what else he did for Disney. He wasn't like um like Britney Spears or something like um, that. I'm like when I say Disney kid, I'm like him. this is the kid. He was famous because of like a Disney something, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what's, for me. He's always that. So I never really saw him in any of his dramatic, exactly. dramatic roles. Didn't he have exactly. a comedy? There wasn't he in a movie that was, uh, it was a comedy movie. Neighbors. He's been or in something? a couple comedies. Oh yeah, Neighbors with uh, um, Seth Rogen. That was pretty good. Um, I liked I him in the 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 Baywatch remake. Okay. Which I was kind of like going in there. I'm kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Me and was my buddy. Fun? Was it a fun movie though? It. Yeah, dude. It was a lot of fun. It was a okay. lot of fun. I enjoyed it. You know, sometimes there's those movies. You know, it's you're not gonna be like it's, you're not getting like you know, Oscar winning performances or, or even yeah. storyline, but it's like, let's go for fun. Let's have some fun yeah. today. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what we were doing. We were going to see movies every so often and nice hanging out. And yeah. yeah. Sweet, sweet. All right, dude, let's go. Uh, let's go into the movie we're talking Alrighty. about this time. Another silent film. This is 1921's the phantom carriage. So you, so the, I, I came to know this now, having it talked to you about it a little bit more. But because I was like, where did you pick this from? What did you find a list when you were deciding the four that we were going to do, or were you just like, hey? and so you'd seen this when you were in school? Is that what it is? Yeah, I saw this film. I haven't seen this film in nearly ten years. Wow! Okay. Uh, I took a I took a course in college where we went down to a, a theater every. I can't remember what day of the week was, but every night uh, we'd go down to the. It was an AMC. It's either an AMC or a Dipson downtown on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd screen the movies in the theater and then we'd sit there and have class and discuss them. And, and this was one of the ones that they uh, they chose for the class that year. So the class was actually watching the entire film and then staying after and still discussing it? Well, we discussed it beforehand, watched the movie, and oh, then after. Because gotcha. there was readings that they expected us to do beforehand. So we'd discuss that a little bit, then watch the movie, and then discuss it afterwards too. What would the readings be about? Like the, the making of the film or the production, um, things like that? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I History. didn't do most of the readings. Um, <laughs> You're like I'm here for the but, movies, dude. But yeah, well, I showed you the book when you were over. It's just this ah, giant that book one. that they, gotcha. they, they just collected a whole bunch of articles and just put it in this like two inch thick book. Um, yeah. and, and it was all kinds of stuff that like the, one of the articles in for this section was actually just about Victor Herstrom. Um, 
and just him and his life and, and everything like that. And like basically a biography of him. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So we checked out this film again, we're watching silent films. And so 1921, so we watched like I guess when I when we opened the show I said how Caligari for me was the banger right and that was a yeah. 1920 film which means it was filmed probably in 1918 1919 right right around yep. in there right yeah 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 so this one being 1921 release is filmed around 1920 um, I think it was filmed in May to June of 1920 if I remember so correctly the thing about this film though is uh, I have to just say this right from the beginning man is the production quality and and like the effects, the different, like different things that they did in this film. It was almost like just in a couple of years, leaps and bounds, leaps yeah. and bounds. Yeah. dude. I was like, wow, this is already a different film. It's a different film, even from Nosferatu. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. but, uh, again, I went into this not knowing what it was going to be. So I was, you know, watching this and, and the immediately when it opens and starts talking about galloping consumption, I mm-hmm. paused and I was like, consumption. Like, I can't remember what they used to use that term for. So I had to look it up immediately. I'm like, all right, what are we looking at here? And so tuberculosis. Okay. Basically is what it is, right? Um, but yeah, dude, this was this was interesting. This was an interesting film. It wasn't what I expected because I, I didn't see too much horror in it. I get the horror aspect, but you know what I felt like I, I walked away from this feeling like? It felt what? like a, a different version. Like if you had taken away some of the whimsy that's tied to a Christmas Carol. This okay. has yeah, this yeah, yeah. very much of a Christmas Carol redemption kind of your soul story. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah. all the way to the end where you get that second chance, you know, it's a wonderful life type of a thing. Well, not really. Cause a wonderful life isn't much of a, I mean, you know, it's, a it's really funny but, that you say this because that's one of the things about this film is the, the influences from a Christmas Carol, but then also, the Oh, was it? I didn't upon, know that. Okay. The influence is upon, uh, it's a wonderful life. Get out of here. Are you kidding yes, me? Yes. I didn't read yes. anything about this. Like, cause I watched it this morning. So I didn't read, I had like, I, I watched it and then I watched another movie after it. Cause I'm talking about another movie later today. So I've seen two movies back to back and now I'm sitting down talking to you. I haven't had a chance to like read or look into anything about this. So I don't know. Yeah. The, I didn't even know it was Swedish till you made that. You, you made that comment. Um, but dude, yeah. Uh, that's what I felt immediately. I felt like it had that feel. So I get like the, maybe if you want to call it horror from back then, because back in those days, like a Christmas Carol was considered a ghost story. It was supposed to oh, fright, yeah. frighten you. Right. Yeah. Uh, scare, you, now, uh, scare you straight. So you're now a good we person, tie yeah. it to holidays and, and Christmas yeah. and feasting and, and such and a heartwarming tale. Right. Yeah. The Muppets. Yep. Um, so so yeah, dude. That was my feeling coming out of this. It wasn't what I expected, uh, but I did. I did enjoy it. So if we're walking out of the theater, I'm going to say immediately, like, oh, that was cool. I liked that. But this is really what I felt like. I felt like it was a, an in, yeah, like you said, it it was influenced by Christmas Carol. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. It came yeah. across, dude. It totally came across. Wow. Yeah, you can see the influence, whether it was done on purpose or not. Um, you can see the influences across throughout film, and then even um even later on into the into the eighties. Um, where, you know, skipping ahead here to the end of the movie where he's chopping down the door with an axe and the influence on the show. Immediately. Shining. Yes. Immediately. I was like, okay, so did, did, was this influenced? Like when, when this scene from the shining, like this whole, everything, this right here, 
is this influenced by this? Because this is giving me hard vibes of The Shining, dude. He's chopping the door. We're seeing scenes from the inside of the door, and the wife's freaking out. Like I was like, holy crap, this is so insane good. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, whether it was conscious or subconscious, yes, it was. Uh, yeah. But then them doing it in this movie was actually a reference to another movie that did it before them in 1918. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was another thing that I came away from this movie feeling. So I'm a huge fan of film. You know, we've discussed yes. this before. I love techniques. I love cinematography. I love tone. I love all different aspects of film. Um, one of the things I love in film that you don't see a lot, but when you see it, man, I appreciate it, especially if it's done well. And we saw it in, in Dr. Caligari was the story within the story, right? But yes. this one had more than one layer, which I abs- I love when that happens. I love when the storyteller tells a story about people and then within that story, they're telling a story. Do you know what I mean? Like I love yep. that layered yep. storytelling and that happens in this film. And I just remember thinking like, I haven't seen many silent films, but is this the like one of the first to do this? Because it's such a, uh, for me, it feels like such an advanced way of telling a story. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things that this movie is well known for is its use of uh, flashbacks within flashbacks Okay, uh, yeah. for that time period. Um, it really wasn't necessarily, as far as I'm aware, a thing that they did. Dude, um, it was so done like their, well. their use of storytelling, um, their visual effects. Oh my God unbelievable for that time period holy yeah. shit man and how they yeah. did it like um i love all those shots with the superimposed well it's not really superimposed but the double exposure of the carriage yeah. coming in and and like the, the reaper coming in picking dead it people's souls so up good like yes, how did they dude. pull that off in 1920s it's like double the, exposure it's, so you run your camera and but get it's your perfect shot. dude dude and and wait till i tell you how they did this ready you you, you expose and get your shot and then you rewind it and then you do it again and and have something on and then that's when you're going to get your double exposure but they did multiple layers so they did this like three four times sometimes to be able to get the the depth of field like uh where they're coming from behind an object or something like that you know what i mean but this is is before machines dude like you're talking about hand cranking cameras right because in the 20 that's when you're doing this thing yes they had to they had to make sure that when they were doing this, that they were cranking at the exact same speed every single time they double exposed it. So you're going to want to use the same guy, right? Because you got to use the same like rotation. You don't want some yeah. guy who's got a quicker rotation than the other, right? Yep. But you can't be doing it back to back because this dude's arm is going to be like this. You're why? So there's somebody, <laughs> there, there were there were cameramen walking around Hollywood with one big jacked arm, right? <laughs> and the other one's like super flimsy. And they're like, oh, you worked on the Phantom Carriage, huh? He's like, yeah, how'd you know? Uh, but dude, like what the hell? Yeah, Are you dude, unbelievable. And that's and that like I told you, man, I love this film and that's one of the reasons I love it is wow. because of that. Because of that ingenuity and that dedication to get those shots. Like when he's going to to, to get the guy who drowned in the boat and he's coming out in the water and he's coming from behind the rock on top of the water and it's like, "Oh my yeah. god, dude." That was rad, dude. Unreal that they it were was able pretty to sweet. do that for the time. You know, nowadays we're like, oh, "Okay, anybody can do that." I could I could have a six-year-old do that on Movie Maker if they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? But back exactly. then, holy shit. I know. I'm watching this, and I'm just literally in awe. I'm in awe in a lot of things. Like, I didn't notice this in the last two films we saw. Um, most because oh, the last two, so, so Caligari and Nosferatu, a lot of what I saw when it came to changing scenes was the fade in and fade out, right? Mm-hmm. But this yes. film had crossfades. 
Yes. There was a few times where there were crossfades. There wasn't a fade in, fade out. It was a legit just fade from one scene into the next. And I don't remember seeing that before. So again, I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying a lot of the production that they put into it and the way it looks. Um, the story itself, too, is a solid story. Like you said, that if there's this influence from A Christmas Carol, you hear it in the story, right? Like the idea yeah. is, is there's this this guy who, um, you know, he's not living the greatest life, you know, and well, how do wait? How does the story start initially? It starts with the nurse. It starts with at the, 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 uh, the Salvation uh, Army girl in the bed. Yes, sick. And, sh- and she's she sick tells and the, the woman to go get the uh, go get this guy. Right. Uh, and the reason she wants to go get this guy is because she had met him a year earlier, uh, and mm-hmm. he had come into the Salvation Army being sick. Um, and well, he was there looking for his wife and kids. Right, but he was sick, right? He had like whatever sickness he had at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Whether he but, knew it or not, I wasn't sure if he knew that he was sick or not. Oh yeah, for um, us we know it because because of what's happening as, as yeah, the story yeah, yeah. goes on. Uh, I'm telling it chronologically. It's not how it's shown in the film. Like this is yeah. all through the flashbacks and storytelling. But yeah, so this guy, yeah, he like you said, he's searching for his wife because he was initially, you know, he started out as a good young man, whatever. Started drinking and getting in with the wrong crowd coming home you know a drunkard and his wife's like yep. hey you need to take care of us and the kid i mean she doesn't really say this in my mind it's that's what's happening in the in-between yeah, yeah, yeah. right but hey what are you doing you need to be a dad stop being an asshole and he's like yeah leave me alone he's like shoving them away and going to sleep on the couch and you know so basically he becomes this drunkard and so she leaves them she decides she's gonna leave him wait he gets does he get arrested or well, something? he got arrested the, yeah. the guy who came in and slept on the couch was his brother and he killed the guy outside that's what it was. Uh, That's what so, it was. so he ends up in jail. Well, he ends up in jail for probably public intoxication, and then they take him and show his brother because his brother was there because he killed a guy. That's what it was. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah, um, and 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 so that kind of gives this this first spark of you know his sense of realization of oh okay you know what maybe I need to change because look what I've done to my brother I've driven yeah. him to this and I brought him into this yeah um, which he doesn't. Um, but you can tell that there is a, a sense of redeeming sort of quality because yeah. the guy's just an asshole. And like I'm watching this movie, and this this guy's just a dick, dude. Like even when he no like when, when the Salvation Army woman you know sews up his jacket mm-hmm. and he's just ripping it all off every all the work. I that like she it. Did, like I'm like this. this guy's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. This dude is a jackass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he ends up getting out and going home to be with his wife. And then when he finds out she left him, that's when he gets all nasty and pissy again. Yep, yep. Uh, that's when he goes searching first. So that's why he's nasty and pissy now, right? Like he's there yeah. with the, this nurse and she's, you know, trying to put the, the patches on his clothes. And like you said, he just gets nasty. He's just like, fuck this. I li- and you I know like who it. that is, right? No. The actor? That's Victor Hurstrom, the director. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played okay. that role too. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, so the idea is that she tells him, you know, she hopes he has a good year and that please come back and visit me a year later. Yeah. Um. And so when she's tasking these people to go get him, well, you know, flashback to the present and she's she's sick in bed now. And, and we kind of get the understanding that she's dying. She wants to check in with this guy before she dies. She wants to make sure he had a good life for that year. I don't know why it was so important to her, but it was right. Well, like, because she the, asked because um, she asked God to make uh, whoever was their first person at the shelter. They're just opening. the That's shelter. why, because he was the first and the other nurse uh, didn't want to let him in year. initially. Yeah. Yeah. Make their year. Uh, uh, ask God to have them have him make their year a good year. So mm-hmm. she wanted to just see if uh, God did that for him. Uh, so when she's sending this guy out to go look for him, 
Um, he's out. He's actually out at the graveyard with two other guys. I mean, he's like a grave digger. Is that what this thing was? I'm assuming it was a grave digger or he worked out there. I don't know. There. I think they were just drunk and that's just where they uh. set up shop to drink. <laughs> they're chilling out. They're talking about ghosts. Then they're talking about like the stroke of midnight and it's New Year's Eve. We're going into New Year's and he's talking to these two other guys saying, don't you know the story? And they're like, what story? So now he tells them a story about this dude that once told him a story about this belief that on the stroke of midnight the last person to die on earth um is the is the next person that becomes the reaper's kind of go uh what do you call it uh you're my servant know. right you go and you oh, get yes, the bodies yes. you go get my bodies right my souls yes yeah you have to and you have to you have to drive the phantom carriage around the world and just collect all the souls throughout the year and like he said the uh the uh, the horse and the carriage are always the same but the driver is not yes uh and so he tells them about this guy that told him that right and they don't believe him and and, and this one late and so when this guy comes and says hey uh this nurse wants you to come see her. She's she's dying. She wants you to come see her. He's like, ah, fuck that bitch, dude. Yeah. She she tried to patch up my jacket. What an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and no, the other no two guys. No regard for other people, man. No, the other two guys are like, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? Go see her, <laughs> right? Come on, go see her. And they're like, he's like, nah, fuck her. And they're like, no, go. And they literally get into a fight with the guy. Yeah. Uh, so much so that one of the other men breaks a bottle over our uh, our our main main character's head. And he passes out. I, I assumed he died initially, right? Because all of a sudden, here came the phantom carriage, and the person that's going to collect his soul was the guy who told him the story George. the year before. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, and so he's here to collect his soul, and this guy's like, "What? What the hell? You're dead? What's going on?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm doing this because I led you astray. I led you in this this kind of shit life, and now I have to deal with what I did." Kind of like Jacob Marley, right? Jacob yep. Marley coming to Scrooge. And then he's like, let me show you what's going on. And so he kind of goes and takes them around and he ends up bringing her to the nurse later on. Yeah, because uh, he had to go collect her soul because she was getting ready to die. She was going to yeah. die. And he didn't want to. He felt bad because he found out this person loved him. Like she cared about him, right? Yeah. She truly cared about this person, another living being out in the world and hoping know. that he was safe. Yeah. You know, she truly loved him. And then he saw that and was just like, that's what changed him. It was like that. Oh my yeah. goodness. Look at this. Right. His heart grew three sizes that day. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Right. And then, um, then he shows them the, you know, he's like, Hey, we're going to have to go collect some more souls. It's about to be your children and, and your, your wife, because she's about to poison your kids, dude. She was putting all something. He was like all freaking out. Um, He's like, no, 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 like, you can't let this happen. He's like, yeah, I can't do anything, man. We can't mess with the living. Just like in A Christmas Carol, you can't yeah. interact. You're can't just there interact. to observe. And this dude was just kind of like, this was the end. This was where Ebenezer Scrooge starts having like that, the fits and wakes up and is like, there's still time, right? That's what happens. The dude wakes up and realizes he's still in the graveyard. He didn't really die yet. And he's got a chance to uh, go make himself a better person. Well, because uh, he never ended up seeing the woman who was dying she died God, the heck was that um ghosts i don't know my audio oh, just kind of like you, got really weird did you dude. bring ghosts home with, did you go on that thing by the way no 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 that's tuesday night oh i was gonna say did you bring something home no you? not yeah ghost hunting for those who don't know i'm going ghost hunting on tuesday night so that'll yeah. be fun i'll come back with a full report yeah fun com fun com uh, conversation um but no he was there with uh with george david holm is the main character's name david was there with yeah. george the reaper um in the room with with the the dying woman and he touched her hand yeah. and that's kind of like she saw him and was able to see him then yeah and then he came yeah. back but he had to go and stop his wife 
from poisoning herself and the kids. The kids, yeah. Because she she just couldn't. She's like, you know what? I can't do this anymore, and I'm done. And she was it was going to be a double double murder suicide. And I'm watching. It, I'm like, damn, dude, that's kind of dark for 1921. Dark. Holy shit. Yeah. Um. So I I can see horrific sides, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he gets that. That's the thing. It's got this kind of redeeming thing at the end. Like I'm not too late. The spirits have done their job. They've they've helped me, yeah. you know, become a better person. So that's why I said like overall, I, I left it feeling more along the lines of the way I felt with Christmas Carol, like that kind of that redemption story. Yeah. Uh, but I do see the horror aspects to it, right? The Grim Reaper death, the idea of. You know, even just a lot of the settings, sitting in the graveyard, nighttime, Mm -hmm. you know, the stroke of midnight, all of these connotations that usually come with the world of horror. So that aspect of it, there's there's two things I want to mention. Um, One of the things is when they were releasing this movie, uh, they couldn't really pinpoint a specific genre. Um, So they had bounced around between a a couple different things, you know, like ghost story, horror, thriller, religious fable. Um, and it kind of just kind of fit all of that. And I mean, you can see it in the movie that it kind of fits all that. Um, yeah. so right off the get go, it was kind of like, okay, where does this film exactly fit? Um, right. but then aside from that Swedish cinema at the time was, um, de- uh, defined by a devotion to their fables and their fairy tales and folklore more so as far as I, I read, um, whereas like us cinema, um, was mm-hmm. more built on the genre system. Um, so I can see where culturally it's considered horror in Swedish culture, where maybe U.S. audiences maybe wouldn't technically consider what they call horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely open to interpretation based on your, 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 basically where you come from culturally, you know? Um, which is cool. I love that. I love, I love yeah. when I see a film from another country and it opens up something like that for me. Uh, opens up this whole new avenue, a whole new world of something. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah. I and, and you know, even as I was watching, I was kind of like thinking, I don't know if this is, again, horror, but knowing that, looking at it, I can see how it's classified as a horror. Because this is one of the, you know, it's, it's on the list for 1920s silent era horror film that's right up there at the top with uh, Caligari and Nosferatu and, and all the other ones, you know? I think at the time it was probably horrific. Oh, right? I'm sure, Just yeah. a lot of the imagery they're well, seeing. Even the, some the, of the horse, are, yeah, the horse and the carriage. and There's nothing happy in this. It's not like you're having a good time watching this film. There's no comedy in this film. So I can see maybe at the time, yeah. you know, having to sit through a lot of that visual and watching a lot of what was happening is, is horrific. For us, you know, we're desensitized, man. It's, 20, it's 2021. It's literally 100 years later. A hundred, you know I mean, a hundred years, four months in a day. It was released on New Year's Day, nineteen twenty-one. Wow. Oh, <laughs> boy! People watching it on New Year's Day must have been like, "Oh shit! What the who, fuck? Who, who died last last yeah, year? Who was the who last died person last to die?" Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, you know, I really did. I enjoyed this one. It was different though. Um, the pacing of this film was was very uh, um, intentional. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was it, there was it wasn't like there was there was a lot happening where you had to be like okay let's maybe you you could just follow it as it continued to happen. But I like this one better than man better than Nosferatu. Is really? that crazy to think about? Good dude. because the name Nosferatu has such this kind of gravity to it that when you say that it's like wait what 
this is supposed to be the pinnacle. No, it wasn't. Caligari for me right now is still number one. And this one comes in a very close second. Very good storytelling. Good, good. Um, great gimmick and how to tell your story. The acting, all of these people were awesome. Oh, I thought yeah. they were all great. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And there's something about 19. So <laughs> we've watched horrible films, dude. Yeah, we've watched we're films see where even worse horrible films here coming okay. up. Okay, just a couple days ago, we—I mean, we watched. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, we've yeah. watched films where, like, you're just like, "Oh man, how did Damn. this get made?" Sometimes, right? But is there such thing like this in the 20s? I haven't seen anything yet in terms of anybody's acting that makes me feel like, "Oh, that's just like, oh, you're horrible, dude. You're okay. not a good actor." Don't forget, we're watching top shelf silence oh films here <laughs> yeah you know okay I mean? okay yeah so they're not going to be discussed if they were that bad I'm, i guess i'm actually impressed with how much film was being produced during this time period um yes and quality so i and this is one of the things too that i was thinking I, i'm interested to go and see some of these lesser known silent films mm. um again you're you're, you're talking the films that you're going to see that you're going to find to watch are probably um Still, maybe not top shelf, but maybe a shelf below just because they, they're they that good that they've been preserved. There's a lot of stuff that was produced and made during this time that's just lost. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, one of the, one, uh, Victor Herstrom, a movie he did in 1928 called The Divine Woman, which is always a movie when I had heard about this, I was like, fuck, I want to remake this movie because there's only a nine segment uh, section of the movie that exists. Other than that, the rest really? of the film's lost. Yeah. Really? Yep. So how do we know? We just know by word of what the rest of the film was about. Basically, like basically, I think they really, the only thing they know is just from that nine minute segment. Get out. Yeah. Wow. I, they know it was a romance movie. Um, wow. But yeah. Interesting. But yeah, you, you're right, you know, and especially because you're talking about in those days, you know, they're, they're first using film, right? Like they're, they're, they're first getting with the advance and what they're doing. So the preservation, how to store oh, yeah. a lot of the stuff, there's that they're not thinking, oh, you can't keep these in canisters in a warehouse with zero air conditioning in the middle of sweltering summer. You can't, yeah. that's, that's nothing wrong with that, right? Well, even, even um, Victor, what he said, uh, he said that when they were making this, they had no idea that they were making something that was going to be this important in film history and this um, such a big contribution to film in general. And they had mm. no idea. And I mean, obviously you're not going to know uh, no. when you're doing it back then. Nowadays, people kind of, I feel like, go in with that idea in mind that, oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to make the next Blade Runner. You know what I mean? And then, or even if you're short, not, when, right. Even if you're not, if you're doing something that you know is completely different, that hasn't yeah. been done, even coming up with a technique that you've never seen before and you literally invent it. I think in your mind nowadays, we're very much more aware of the way we see things like that. So we recognize early stuff and see it as these. this is the cutting edge. These are the the trailblazers. So much so that now when we're doing it, we're very cognizant of the fact that, oh, I'm literally the trailblazer right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas back when you're talking about, they don't have a point of reference to, to kind of be like, oh, I'm trailblazing. To them, they're just like, let's do this. But let's even, see if this works. Even still, think about it. Where, where is the scope of trailblazing nowadays? It's Visual not, dude. Effects? Everything's recycled. Everything yeah. is cycled, recycled. Even, I mean, yeah, maybe visual effects anymore. Stories, not really. You're, yeah. you're not seeing any original stories anymore. You know, techniques, maybe specific techniques. You know, you we are seeing. You know what we're seeing? We're seeing a lot more, in, at least in the world of horror, a lot more of these kind of art 
house style directors, yes, which is cool. You know what and I mean? Refreshing. And they're and they're really yes, they're really kind of taking what we're used to, and you know, certain shots, this that, and they're turning it over and saying, okay, maybe you're not used to seeing this, but we're gonna have one long tracking shot, and all it's supposed to do is build is build suspense. It's not gonna give you any story, but that's all it's just supposed to do, right? Yeah. Um. But yes, so we're seeing a lot more of that. I think a lot of how how visually it can impact a story and not just in terms of gore or blood or yeah, just playing, that jump scare and bending and playing on those tropes that we're yeah. so used to and expect. Yes. Um, which is good. I love that. Cause like I said, it's refreshing. It's, it's been like, yeah. okay, the last 30, 40 years have been the same goddamn thing. Give me something. You different. know what I need, dude? I need a new scream. I need something that gives us something that we're familiar with, but makes it different enough to make you feel like, oh, this is new. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. you always want the familiar. You still need a familiarity oh, to keep yeah, you yeah. in. But yeah, give me something different completely. Yep. Like, you know, give me something like the first time we saw Paranormal Activity and we're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Security film. Blair the Witch. thing is security film yeah. or Blitter Witch or, you know, a lot of these trailblazing movies. Dude, Phantom Carriage has is, you know, I could see I could see why it's up there, man. This movie quality. you know, great writing. The, again, like I said, the acting was awesome. I can't tell I can't speak to score because the movie that I saw on YouTube, the score was horrendous. And there was okay. another version that had better score to it. And then there was a few versions that it was dead silent. There was nothing. So which one did you watch? Because I know we looked it up at your house. Some guy's name, Drake, somebody. Because I actually, when I searched it, there was a version right before that. And I think it was from the Criterion Collection, their like page or whatever. And and that's the one I watched. How was the music? uh, I I love the music. And it was exactly how I remember the music from. uh, Okay, I'm going to have to check that one. The one I watched, I was kind of like, this music's killing me, dude. This music's like. Interesting. Not feeling so good. I wonder if it's the same music, but I love the music in the movie. Um, okay. Like I said, I love this movie. I love everything about this movie. My, I love this shot uh, where the horizon's kind of on an angle. It's not flush. And you and see the silhouette. The, yeah, the silhouette of the carriage coming in. I yeah. love that shot, dude. And it's then, a nice shot, dude. Ah, uh, just, just it's I. It's a good film, dude. It, it's it, it blows my mind that they were able to do this. Then, like I said, going back to the double exposures, uh, triple, quadruple exposures, the depth of field, uh, giving it that three D aspect with double exposures yeah. is just unreal. unreal. Yeah, the choice of shots, things like that. That initial shot, the first time we see the Reaper, is from the front, right? Yeah. And he's on the on the horse and just yep. kind of you know, hooded over and it's, it was so cool looking dude. There's a, yeah, this is really, I, I have to say, I very much enjoyed it at first. I was like, oh, what is happening right now? But then as it started <laughs> to unfold, I was like, Oh, Oh, and it just got better and better. Yeah. It was really cool. And like I said, I walked away going more along the lines of the way I feel when I watch a Christmas Carol, which for me is my absolute favorite Charles Dickens tale. Really? My absolute favorite story by Charles Dickens is a Christmas Carol. It always has been, um, and the thing is, is it's never always been because it's tied to Christmas. It's always been because of the ghost aspect. And I've always loved that kind of thing. Yeah, I always loved um, that aspect of it too. And I always love the idea that that was tradition. The idea that it, it even exists is because for Christmas, you're supposed to scare each other and tell ghost stories. I was like, man, we should do that again. <laughs> I miss that, right? Like that should be a thing. 
Um, but yeah, so that walking away with the same feeling that I get from a Christmas Carol makes it feel even more like it, it's something definitely that I'll watch again because oh, yeah. I really yeah. did enjoy it. I have to check out uh, Criterion and see if it's got different music because there. I mean, there was a lot where the music was good, but there were times where I was just like, "Oh, come on, this is." a little much like we need something different it felt like it was just non-stop droning of the same thing i was like oh god let's go other than that dude like i said pretty pretty bad pretty badass yeah yeah and the story was actually based on a novel from 1908 uh written by a swedish woman uh named selma lagerloff who victor actually turned a couple of her works into films before this um and what Uh, he did was he actually wrote the script for this and then went to her her house and perform the script for two hours for her. And, uh, and then when he, he just was played done, all, all the parts basically. Yeah. And then when Dude, he was done, amazing. she, uh, I, I saw it written two different ways. She offered him a drink or she cooked him <laughs> dinner. And that was her, uh, that was her way of approval for, yeah, for the script. This. I'll yeah. make you dinner. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, even again, another, silent film that's top notch top shelf uh basically coming from an already an already uh produced material yeah um, oh yeah because it's yeah. to a dracula yep um yeah was caligari written from something or was I that specifically a film i don't know i'd have to look that up too yeah dude I no remember. i'm again like i said thoroughly impressed thoroughly impressed i really enjoyed this film and i would definitely recommend it to anyone listening uh if you guys have been following on listening to us and and checking out these movies as we're checking them out um you know let us know what you think we're gonna have some social media coming up soon so hopefully by the next episode we'll have it up and running and be able to give uh give you you know where to go but as soon as you know go ahead join follow us and then comment on some of the back back episodes and let us know what you think because um i'd be interested to know what some people think about these movies you, i mean it's rare you don't see people watching silent, silent film. films unless a you're a student of film like you mm-hmm. love it you know a pure love for this and you just kind of want to see where things came from or b you're going to school for it you kind of yeah. have to with with part of the curriculum you know it's rare it's rare that you find people doing it so um, i definitely would say check it out this is one to put on the top uh, at the top of your list oh yeah right after caligari yeah I and you know I, there's something um, about that other film dude oh <laughs> i know i know you're dude, always gonna look like i said film. it's it's that, that was a very artistic film yeah um which just made it that much better. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. But with this one, I kind of would like to see a modern day remake, um, except take the because she the woman who was dying worked for the Salvation Army. Yeah, change that to a War, mental health, health organization. Well, a mental health counselor, or CDC. Oh, oh, um, with oh, addiction because wow. that's basically what this movie was the the parallel between addiction then and an addiction now. Yeah, you know what I mean? true. And and change it and spin it that way. That would be interesting. That's a good idea. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. I like that. And then make it nowadays so that it's not consumption. It's not tuberculosis. He's passing around that COVID, son. Something. Yeah, dude. And now she's in the For hospital real. dying of COVID and wanting to see him. Yeah. Damn, yeah. That could be crazy. That good. could be, honestly, dude, because it's going to be interesting to see what kind of media and, and stories and material comes out of this time period in history oh there already is you know didn't you see there's a horror there is a horror film that's on i think it's hulu uh, or maybe netflix but it's about covid times but it's in the future now and this is covid 23 now really yeah interesting it's the newest, 
but by net by this time now things are not good like it's crazy like like society's starting to crumble and and it's it's uh what i I'll have to look and see what it is i'll send you the the trailer for it um See, but I think we'll this could be done. Comment on it. This could be done because I feel like the majority of stuff that's going to be coming out right now is going to be very base level, mm-hmm. very transparent. Yeah. Um, but maybe give it a year or two or five, and then what's coming out about this time period. Yeah. Um, and what's really you know really digging into the to the roots of everything that was going on and is still going on. And what, how it's affecting yeah. society. Yeah. The psyche, so I feel like this yeah. could be a this could work. fucking phenomenal film about all this. Heck yeah. Oh, man. Well, that was good, dude. I loved it. Yeah. Phantom of, uh, Phantom Carriage put it right up there. Um, it's got 100% got on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, pff, it uh, should, dude. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Well, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, dude. What are, we, uh, what are we doing next? The Fall of the House of Usher, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Yep. I don't know if I remember this one. Is this the one where they went mad? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm reading this story right now. I can't remember this it. story, to be honest with you. So, so, so I, I mean, I'm sure he, it'll come back to me when I watch it. So far, he's this guy went to his old friend's house, uh, and his sister died. That's basically where I'm at. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see what it's like when we watch the silent yeah. film as well. Um do you know what would be fun, dude? I think it would be kind of fun to do commentary on the silent films. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Do you know what I mean? Record commentary yeah. and just kind of what we're seeing and our thoughts as it's happening and, and just, yeah, I think that be that might be kind of fun. Considering yeah, it's then, silent, you don't have to, inter- you're not interrupting any any dialogue. Well, yeah, I mean? that. And then, I mean, you could layer that commentary right over these um, yeah. because they're public domain. Yeah, we know. might we we might we might be launching a Patreon here soon, so we might make that an exclusive to Patreon. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, all right, man. Uh, you have anything you want to promote or say or tell the good people before we head out? Um, nah, stay safe. Be good to one another. There. Check out the network. Plenty of shows. There you go. History you creeps. Go. If you're looking Yo. for stuff along our line, wines, wicked crimes, cat moms, oh my. Yep. Uh, there's the other one. What's the other one? Uh, the other horror movie. Damn we'll that's scary. Yes. Yep. Damn that's scary. Those guys. Yeah, they definitely they talk horror movies as well. Uh, some of the films they they do cross over with ours because they're all over the place. They do 90s, 2000s, 80s. They did a whole month where they covered trauma films. Uh, those guys are good though. Those guys. They but they what they like to do is they like to actually talk through the entire movie straight through. So they'll they'll start with what happens at the beginning and talk through the entire movie all the way to the end and give their thoughts as they go. So it's interesting. Uh, it's a good time. But be prepared. It's definitely not safe for work. So if you're gonna <laughs> listen to that show, make sure your parents or your teachers or your you know your boss isn't around. Uh, but yeah, those are the uh, the other you know three creepier podcasts that are on the network. But there's a whole lot of other ones. Check them out. BICVP-radio.com. Um, that's it on my end. Good for you too, Jim. Uh, yeah, I believe so. All right, so we're gonna head out of here. And before we do, Shadow Cats, we're gonna remind you to keep your eyes on the shadows.